Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Imagine if you lived in a monastery high up on a hill somewhere with limited access to the rest of humanity with limited access to anything and your life up in that monastery consisted of growing your own food staying self-sufficient very little interaction with anybody and prayer a separation from the world something like holy men going into caves uh, something like disappearing from the everyday complexities and or distractions of the world uh, the problem of course with a monastery is that when you enter the monastery you take yourself with you so all of the dilemmas that you had before you went in the monastery all of the confusions and instabilities that your mind had prior to going in the monastery are still with you so the work that you have to do in the monastery is not much different than the work that you have to do anywhere else if that's the kind of work that you want to do so if it is your priority to become attached to God, attached to Allah, and separated from the world, one of the things that your imagination will tell you is that if you isolate yourself, it'll be easier for you. Now, this may or may not be true, depending on the strength of your mind and the push of your mind. But for most of us, we have established lifestyles within the world. And we have jobs within the world. And we have obligations and duties within the world. So, the question that we have to ask ourselves is, is it possible to create a situation for ourselves internally that is the same as if we were in a monastery, even though we're not? Can we use the example of the monastery to separate ourselves from the world. For instance, do you think they discuss the politics in the world inside a monastery? 
do you think they draw comparisons between how much wealth one has or another has inside a monastery? Do you think they suffer from not having enough fame when they've isolated themselves in a monastery? Well, outside of the monastery, in the world, we have to ask ourselves the same questions. What is it we're involved in? What is it that we spend our time on? Are we all caught up in the fact uh, that there's a presidential race happening in America? And has that become very important to us? I know lots of people for whom politics is their religion. And it becomes a constant, unending topic of conversation. For other people, it's sports. I choose sports over politics because it's less relevant. And and most people understand it's less relevant. Even though the politics isn't that relevant either, people give it a passion as if it were. So the question is, can we make our priorities such that the world has a very low priority. People who go off to the monastery have basically decided that the world isn't a priority at all. And even though they still may bring vestiges of it with them when they go into the monastery, they've made a decision to at least not live within it on a regular basis. Well, can we do that while living in the world? I mean, that's the point. Being able to live in the world and not be of the world. To be able to live in the world and not be affected by the world. To be able to live in the world with all of our responsibilities, but narrow our focus so that our involvement has to do with fulfilling our duties, and the rest is time for Allah. Time for prayer, time for meditation, time for devotion, time for la ilaha illallah, time for understanding the reality of our existence. And shifting from the world of wealth and fame to the world of love and surrender. You'll notice that words like wealth and words like fame signify by their very essence competition. If you have fame, that means you are more known than somebody else. Well, what do you have to do to become more known? You need a PR man, unless you're going to be your own PR man. You need to constantly get your name out into the uh, into the world. You need to have people constantly uh, being made aware of you. Uh, to become ultra-wealthy, what do you have to do? You have to be in competition for dollars. And you have to work at that competition for dollars. Well, competition and surrender are different things.
And it's a different approach to being. I have uh, some Sufi friends all over the world. And some of us have a friendly competition. But that competition is who can love the other one more? Which is an entirely different kind of competition. Who can surrender more? Who can be less involved in the world more? These kind of competitions are halal. They're permissible on the path. But to become famous on the path is a bizarre methodology of getting towards God. Because what it actually does is it makes you more important than anything. So if you're going to be more important than anything, where's God fit in? Where's love fit in? We need to be able to see that the qualities that belong to Allah make us smaller, make us more surrendered. The qualities that don't belong to Allah make us, at least in our imagination, larger and more important. Humility is not a worldly quality. Humility is a godly quality. So, what separates the ones who are following God's path and the ones who are trying to follow the world? What is the big difference between them. Well, really simply, the ones who want to follow God are working at becoming smaller. The ones who want to follow the world are working at becoming bigger. So, what are we ourselves trying to do? Become smaller or become bigger? Baba called himself the ant man. He called himself the smallest, most discarded creature in the universe. Now, what he didn't say, and what those of us who understood knew, that in becoming the smallest of the creatures in the universe, he was among the most exalted creatures in the universe, among the most exalted creations in the universe, because it's in that smallness that we become closer to God. The world that we live on floats in space. Now, scientists now have new theories about space. We used to think, or the scientists used to think, that space was nothing. Now, they are theorizing 
that there's something called dark matter that fills up all of space. So that there is something there. It's just we can't see it. We can't get a handle on it yet as to what it is. But isn't that interesting? That means that this world, which floats in this space or dark matter, is a speck in the overall immensity of the Milky Way and all of creation. No wonder Jesus referred to the world as a mustard seed. The greatness is in man. The greatness is in Allah's creations. The, 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 the immensity of Allah's creations and the fact that Allah is within us is lost to most of creation. They don't understand their special place in the universe. And the only way to begin to have a feel for that place is to become closer to God, closer to Allah. And the way to become closer to Allah is to increase that which is connected to Allah within us. Love more. Increase your love. Increase your ability to love. When a holy man sits among people, they come to see him for a reason. And what is the reason? Well, we can, we can name some of them. They feel, they feel at ease. They feel comfort. They feel peace. Their anxiety seems to recede. They find a home. There's the need of constantly moving and being somewhere else goes away. The future becomes less relevant and the now becomes reality. The past disappears and now becomes reality. They feel safety because they're in a place that is protected and they feel protected and people want to feel protected people want to feel that they are in a place of protection and the world is a dangerous place which is why people go to monasteries to be in a place that's protected The holy men in this world, the friends of Allah, are protectors. They show you how to be in that protected space. And as you are in 
that protected space, you begin to understand how it is to feel that way. And when you feel that way, you can begin to develop other attributes. Why? Because desires recede and needs recede. And as needs grow in the world, there's always jeopardy because you don't have what you want. As desires grow in the world, there's always jeopardy because you don't have what you want. But as needs and desires recede and you understand that beneath all of the worldly confusion and anxiety, beneath all that is the layer of creation and the layer of protection and the layer of sustenance that is ongoing with or without our involvement we then begin to understand a new way of looking at the world and of looking at our place in the world. And we begin, or should begin, to realize that the greatest thing we can be involved with is doing God's work. The most important thing that we can be involved with is dispensing God's qualities to humanity who's not yet aware or involved with them and showing the way to become involved, showing the way to be involved and showing the way to be. So what is a holy man? He's a manifestation of God's qualities on earth to show others what it is to be that. And once we can understand that, then, inshallah, we can be that. I mean, that is the point. What's the point of the coming of those qualities if they aren't imbibed and swallowed by the world. What's the use of showing them if they're not going to be used and if they're not going to be imitated and if they're not going to be emulated? These men who come to this world to assist give their life helping people become God-like. Helping people become, to use the English vernacular, saintly. We need to think of ourselves as being capable of being saintly. And we have to think of that as a actual goal of existence. And something that can be accomplished. But... We also have to understand that the way it becomes accomplished is not by fame and not by wealth, but by becoming smaller and having the qualities of Allah. And one of the important things about understanding the qualities of Allah is that you are only allowed to possess them if you give them away. You can't hold on to compassion and keep it for yourself. 
You can't hold on to mercy and keep it for yourself. You can't hold on to love and keep it for yourself. You have to walk love around. You have to walk compassion around and give it to everybody. Because it comes from a never-ending source. So there's no fear here that you're going to run out. There's no fear here that there's not enough. In this world of scarcity, there is a place of abundance. And we choose to live in the world of scarcity or to live in the world of abundance. And with the world of scarcity come all of the things that scarcity induces. And what scarcity induce? It induces fear. It induces hoarding. It induces need. It induces competition. And what happens in the world of abundance? It induces love. It induces giving. It does away with fear. It brings about peace. We need to make that choice. In order to make that choice, we have to be shown the world of abundance. And the world of abundance is shown to us by men who have passed over need, who have bypassed desire, and are now in that place of abundance, and understand that place of abundance, and are ready to give to all who come before them. In the place of abundance, generosity is not a question. Because generosity just leads to more to give away. And generosity becomes the way of being. So we need to somehow tune into those understandings. We need to lose our fear of there not being enough. We need to understand that where the truth comes from and what the truth is about our existence. And we live in a world of abundance. Whether we have a full plate or a crumb, we still live in a world of abundance. And we have to be grateful for that abundance. And we have to understand that abundance. And we need to become the purveyors of abundance. Even if it's with a smile. Even if it's only the attitude. That is what conveys abundance. Kindness conveys abundance. All of Allah's qualities convey abundance. And we need to be convinced of that abundance. And we need to understand how it is given to us every moment. And as we get it, we have to be ready to give it away. Because it will be given in greater amounts. May we all understand that way of being. And may we all come into that way of being. Amin. Amin. Ya Rabbil Alamin.